him, I'm standing here tonight. I could have been gone a long time ago in my calculation of life. But it's because of what he has done in my life and what he is continually doing in my life. Amen. Y'all can say amen. amen. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. something good, something good. is going to happen to you. Amen. amen. Y'all sound like y'all was a little leery about that. Let's do it again. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. something good. It's going to happen to you. Amen, amen. If you believe it, give God a hand praise tonight. If it had not been for his calling, I wouldn't be standing here today. But because of his calling, I had to finally answer the call. Amen. And some of us, some of you that sit out here tonight, amen, you have some type of calling on your life. You don't have to be behind a podium with a, with a mic in your mouth or to your mouth. Amen. God has made all of us to be a mouthpiece for him. Amen. Before I go any further, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you once again, Lord, just thanking you for another wonderful day. Another day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. If it had not been for you on our side, most of us don't know where we'll be. But because of your hand of mercy being upon us, we're here right where we are and where we need to be. We thank you, Father, for the word that you've given unto us. That when we study the word, we show ourselves approved unto you. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And tonight, God, I come to speak nothing but the truth. So help me, God. And I speak it with passion and the power that you've given unto me. And it's all in the mighty matchless name of Jesus and all of God's people say, Amen. amen. And amen. 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 I just want to do a quick testimonial or two. Amen. Before we go into the word. Amen. I just want to thank God for my recent spiritual birthday of 34 years with the Lord. And later this year. I'll be celebrating my 30th anniversary being wedded to my wife. 
So do the math. You can see how long it took this and that to happen. <laughs> Amen. Just want to thank God that when he placed a woman in my life, he placed the right one. And each and every time we talk, or if I talk and get out of line, she stopped me. So I've learned how to respect that because, amen, she most of the time know more than what I know. Amen. And in just a few more weeks, a couple of weeks I would say, I'll be celebrating my 58th birthday. <laughs> amen. Time doesn't stop. Or change for no one. So don't let don't don't you let it pass you. Amen. I won't be before you long. Just want to thank God for my mind goes back just briefly to the week when we had revival when Dr. Meekins was here. And I was pressing my way trying to leave work as quick as I can and the Lord visited me as I was walking out and what he instilled in my heart was that you're on the right track now, I believe in pressing my way because when I first got saved I was over in Germany I used to time it getting off from work catch the streetcar, connect, catch a cab, and there I was at church. So I know, and I still have that press inside of me. Amen. Yeah. 34 years later. And it has served me well. And I thank God for that, and I will serve him well. As well. Amen. I want to thank God also for my family who is not here. They're over in Osceola. Everybody supporting Shante and the track team and the boys' track team. Amen. They went into overtime, which means they made it to the finals. Amen. <laughs> so we thank God for that. We pray for their traveling grace and mercy Amen. as they travel to and from wherever they are. The word of God has already been read. The scripture has already been read for us. And you heard what the word of God says. I will, need, I will read another portion of scripture. That we will be using in just a few minutes. For our communion. And Paul says it like this. 1 Corinthians 11, 22. 23 to 25. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance 
of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this, is, this cup is the new, Testament, new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, to the readers and the doers, the, the readers, hearers and the doers of His Word tonight. Amen. Back to the passages which were read earlier. Now, on the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to Him. Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When the evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. Each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? And the one that did it, no, it was him. And he answered and said, "Who He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks. And gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drank it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Amen. Amen. Once again, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading, to the hearers, and the doers of his word. Leading up to the Last Supper, Jesus had been teaching his disciples by way of parables. Jesus tells Matthew to take notes. As I teach my disciples, you write it down. 
And Jesus reserves the 25th chapter of Matthew to teach them. In three lessons he taught them the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, parable of the talents, and the Son of Man will judge the nations. What Jesus was saying in the 25th chapter, he taught them about what to do, how to do it, and what will happen in the future. These very words we have before us today. It's time for the church to wake up. Because the word is telling us what to do, how to do it, and what will happen in the future. No doubt the disciples who were men, men who were gifted and skilled in various crafts, and possessed the ability to do what Jesus had instructed him to do. Being a cook by trade, I'm very familiar with baking breads, cakes, pies, and cookies. Sounds good, doesn't it? I don't think I can beat Sister Miller, though. She can really lay it down. (laughs) Amen, and it tastes so heavenly good. Now, unleavened bread means no yeast was added. It was all about the exodus out of Egypt. No leavened bread. Why no leavening agent? That's what we call it in the food service industry. It's an agent because it's active. Yeast is active. If you don't have the right type of yeast, amen, ain't nothing going to (laughs) rise. And we as a people of God, we need to get some yeast inside of us so that when the time comes, we can rise to the occasion. Amen. Why? No leavening agent. It dates back into the Old Testament, Exodus 12 and 34. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. And it all came about when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they did not have time to wait for the yeast to rise in the bread. Now let's move. Let's fast forward to the New Testament Passover. Jesus began to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Tonight we're gathered here for a time of reflection. To celebrate a sanctified occasion, we drink of his blood, the wine, and eat the bread, partake of his body for our iniquities. His body was bruised, and for our peace, the chastisement was upon him. Amen. The chastisement was upon him because he didn't want us to feel the pain that he felt. So we must pay our due respect to him and be in remembrance 
every day, not just the day we take communion, every first Sunday or as we are doing tonight. His peace, our peace, the chastisement was upon him. His blood was shed, but tonight we gather not in sorrow to remember that he died and brought us back to the Father. We must realize and that we will agree with every word that is as it was written so that we will not forget, but remember. When we embrace the master's hand, bringing his son's battered, bruised, beaten body close to ours. So that we might feel what he felt as he prepared to go to the cross for all of our sins. It's only to remind us that the word of prophecy had been fulfilled and a new covenant abides. He gave his life once for all time. He didn't have to go and come back again. Go and come back again. Because when he died and was buried, it was finished. He didn't have to come back again. But in spirit he came back for us to feel his presence. If we don't feel his presence, we need to check and see what's going on. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit. Some say the Holy Ghost. So his beaten body was close to ours so that we might feel what he felt as he prepared to go to the cross for each and every one of our sins. Only to remind us that the word of prophecy has and is presently being fulfilled. And now we have a new covenant that we can lean on. He gave his life once for all time so that we can celebrate this time called Holy Communion. Just imagine, if you will, as Jesus arrived with his disciples walking down the corridors into the upper room of an already prepared sacred dining table. And Jesus bearing in mind that the betrayer was in the dining party. Just imagine that. He already knew Jesus was amongst them. He didn't have to guess. He didn't have to wonder or he didn't have to ponder. He already knew he was there. He just wanted to see what Judas was going to do, how he was going to play his little game. I just wonder not just tonight, but all the time, what was going through his mind. Have you ever stopped to wonder or ponder what was going through his mind? 
we supposedly supposed to have the mind of Christ. Am I right? Right, right, right? So we got to think like him. Now Jesus probably was saying to himself, should I or should I not expose this crook who has already plotted betrayal against me? Or should I allow him to stay in the dining party? You can answer that question, but don't say it out loud. <laughs> but Jesus, in all of his infinite wisdom, all-knowing power, his mind of agape love says, no. No, I won't put him out. He's going to take care of his own fate. I will treat him as I treat the others with love and kindness. For God so loved the world. By this time, Jesus knew that he was the only begotten son that whosoever will, let him come. That means the crook, the betrayer, the drug dealer, and a host of other evildoers. Jesus displayed the supernatural agape love to all. He didn't have no respect of persons. Now here's a challenge. The challenge on the table tonight is, what would we do? Would we turn our heel toward a Judas and kick him out? Or would we show him the same kind of love? That Jesus showed him. The same kind of love Jesus showed him. Is the same kind of love we should show. Each other. And those that we. Come across in our daily walk of life. Sometimes we're quick to get about beside ourselves. And think that we are all of that. And come to find out. We are really nothing. The Last Supper was more than history, more than a painting, more than just a mere memory. So we come to pay homage to the universe's only living example and sacrifice, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. Also to experience what it means to go through difficult times, knowing that his life was on the line each and every time he boldly proclaimed that he was the king of the Jews, son of the living God, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the rose of Sharon, lily of the valley, bright and morning star, and a host of other great names, and the list goes on. The devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus, the setting of the evening was betrayal. Jesus washed Judas's feet as well. The very one who objected to Mary's courageous act of love was apparently willing to receive the full extent of Jesus' love. Jesus knew the score 
and chose to serve even Judas. And even tonight, he has chosen to serve us that are sitting here. But should we be surprised? I don't think so. Because his love covers a multitude of sin. Before sunrise, all the disciples except John would flee for safety. Peter would deny the Lord again, again, and again. He lied so many times, the cock had to crow. And if he could talk, he'd probably say, why are you sitting there lying all those many times? Why? 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 Why are you sitting there lying? When Jesus already knows what's in your heart. But the only thing he could do was crow. That's just like the rocks. If the rocks, if we don't praise the Lord, then the rocks would cry out. Jesus served them all. In a setting of betrayal, Jesus determined to pour forth his love and care. Under incredible pressure, he met betrayal with love. He cared even for his betrayal. I can identify somewhat with what Jesus and how he felt when it comes to betrayal. Because it hurts so much back in 1991 I had a serious dilemma on my hands I left Germany headed to Fort Lee Virginia to the advanced non-commissioned officers academy with high hopes I'm telling you I had high hopes of coming back passing with flying colors With almost four weeks of completing the course, I was injured. So I had to return to Germany, mission unaccomplished. When I arrived, someone said, as a matter of fact, the first one that seen me that knew where I went, they said, you're back early. I said, yes, I am. So after reporting to the higher echelon, No one could help me. Not even the heavy hitters, not even the power hitters, as we call them. They couldn't help me, as they told me. With this dilemma, with this this dilemma, and things were looking dim for me, and my career was on the line. Meanwhile, last resort was Battalion Command Sergeant Major. As I entered into his office, I was literally at the point of desperation. He talked to me for a while, and he proceeded to tell me there was nothing he could do for me. And he said, my hands are tied. 
Literally, my hands are tied, Sergeant Joe. So I went to my acting first sergeant. He instructed me to write a letter to my congressman. At that time, it was Bob Graham. I typed a letter and mailed it out. About three weeks or so later, response came from the letter, and it was returned to the commanding general. A congressional had been launched. He sent word to the battalion headquarters for them to get this problem fixed and help this soldier get what he need. In the meantime, eventually they barred me from reenlisting for my final years to retirement. But God, but God, he intervened and later I was allowed the opportunity to reenlist for my remaining years. The moral of the story is do not fret because of evildoers. Same way Jesus did. Jesus did not fret because of Judas selling him out. He continued on with his mission. God made you and I winners, and winners don't lose, especially in the kingdom of God. And I close with this. Over the past 40 years, I can still hear the hymn number 145 being sung. Just as I am without one plea, that that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come.